0: Anyway, (laughs) we're going to get into the Word of God this morning. And uh, last week, we had started in uh, the authority of God's Word, and we we talked about how God's Word is all authority. It is complete authority, and it should be in our life and also in, um, in this world. And we talked about how the authority of God's Word or God's Word actually governs this world, that this world does not even exist and cannot move, cannot breathe, cannot have its being, cannot operate without the actual authority of God. So God's, God's word governs the earth. It governs the things that go on in this world. So uh, that was one of the points that it governs. The other was the word of God is God. It is God, and it is Christ, and it is the Holy Spirit. So because the Word of God, it says the Word uh, was God, was with God, and the Word of God became, became flesh, and it dwelt among us, that the Word of God actually is who God is. It is the Spirit of God. It is who he is. Only when we read this, we should read it not as a historical novel, not as just a bunch of stories that were put together. It's not a history book. It is the actual word of God. It's who God is. It's his nature coming out to show us how to uh, get to know him, who he is, what his nature is, what his character is. So the word is God, and it is Christ, and it is the Holy Spirit. Uh, we also went through how His word is unbreakable. It does; it's ne- It doesn't have any error in it. It's not. Uh, it cannot be broken. It is imperishable. That means it cannot rot. It cannot be destructed. It says the Bible says that this earth will perish, but the word will remain forever. It endures forever. So the word of God is unbreakable. And the last thing we went through was His word gives enlightenment or understanding his word is light and it brings us understanding it brings us uh it it never leads us into confusion but it brings us light every area of our life that has confusion can be uh, brought out of confusion by the light of God it will give us understanding so that we know how to walk the word of God is a light unto our path right a lamp unto our feet so that we know the way to go and we can walk in it so this morning, I'm going to uh, continue building on the authority of God's Word. And the, what I'm going to talk about this morning is point number five, because we went through the first four. And point number five this morning is the only thing I'm going to focus on. And I know I originally told you I had eight, didn't I? Well, this is, this is just getting good. The Word is living, The word is living. So that's point number five. The word is living. And I'm going to pray before we get started. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that, that just even as I've already been praying over this past week, Father, that your word would have weight in our spirit that it would be the thing we value the most, that it would be the thing that runs the course of our life, that it would bring enlightenment and understanding to every person here, that there would be such a desire, a hunger, and a thirst for your word because your word is the answer to everything that we need everything that we face. So we pray, Lord, this morning, even even as everyone sits here this morning, that there would just be a a desire, a hunger, and a thirst for your word that comes alive on the inside of them this morning as I preach. I pray for supernatural, just uh, an impregnation of the word in the spirits and the hearts of every person here, that it would come alive on the inside of them and carry such a weightiness that it would give them ambition and drive this morning in Jesus name I pray amen all right let's go to the book of hebrews if you have your book or not your books sorry your bible or your bible app let's go to the book of hebrews 4:12 hebrews 4:12 do you see our new pulpit online yep we had to give the other one to morgantown because zane didn't have uh zane and high didn't have a, a pulpit there so that one was a little bit taller and we're short so i was trying to find one that was you know fit brad and i and that was difficult so but we got we got one but all right are we there Hebrews 4.12. It says, the word of God is living and active. Or another version might say powerful or it might say effective. But this morning, we're going to focus on the living part. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intentions or attitudes of the heart. So the Word of God is living. It is living. In fact, it is more living. Think about this. It is more living than you sat here this morning. It is more living than a plant. Because if the Word of God never dies and it never perishes, it is more living than anything else that we see. So the idea that the Word of God is living, I know, I know that sounds crazy because we don't think of words as living, right? We read a book. Well, that's not living. But the thing, of, the thing of it is, remember how we said the Word is God? It is Christ? It is Spirit? Well, that means the Word of God is actually living. It is a living word. It is something that actually can come alive on the inside of our spirit. So it is living and it is active. It is living. In fact, the word of God is referred to as a seed, as a seed. And that seed gets planted on the inside of us. We are made up of three parts. We are made up of our our body, of our soul, which is our mind, the way we think, our will, emotions, all of those things, that how we process, how we think. So our, our body, our soul, and then our spirit. You have a spirit man. And when you get born again, when you give your heart to Jesus, then his spirit comes and dwells on the inside of you and communes with your spirit. So your spirit becomes in fellowship with God with the Holy Spirit. And so when he speaks, remember his word is spirit. So his word speaks to our spirit and it is living and it can stir on the inside of us. I don't know if you've ever sat in a preaching before where something where it's it's just like something hit you on the inside and it was just like, "Oh, I feel that. I that's stirring me up on the inside. That's giving me ambition. That's giving me determination. That's making that's stirring on the inside of me. I feel faith rising up. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God being preached. And it hits us in our spirit. So how do we receive the word? We receive it by our spirit. I know it comes through your ears, and I know it, it, it's actually, you know, you sit there and think about it, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes we don't always understand everything, but we have to receive it in the spirit. Sometimes we may not understand everything We may not actually comprehend everything that's being said. We may not understand exactly everything that the word of God says, but we know that it is truth so we can receive it in our spirit and actually let let it penetrate into our heart, into our spirit and allow it to change us. Allow it to transform us because it is living. It is living. So that seed, that imperishable seed has to be caught in the spirit. So even as the preaching goes forth, there has to be catchings in the spirit. Your spirit has to catch things. Your spirit has to catch a hold of something. It's not just your head. Yes, there is time to meditate and think because that helps you to go deeper. But there first has to be an an understanding that God's word is truth it is all truth. It never fails. It's never false. So you receive in the spirit the truth of the word of God, and you decide I'm not going to dilute it. Remember how I said last week how I'm not going to change my my uh, I'm not going to change the word of God to fit my situation. Instead, I change my situation or my understanding to fit the word of God. Because if we try to change the word of God to fit our situation, we're going to find ourselves in a heap of trouble. We'll compromise. We'll, we'll make excuses for things. We'll, we'll, we'll fall into places where we compromise in sin. And then we're not walking in holiness. And then we're separated from the presence of God. Because God's presence cannot be in sin. And that's why as soon as we sin, there's something on the inside of us that, that, that says, uh-oh, uh, hello, don't go there. Hello? Correct that. Hello? Make amends. Repent. Because the Holy Spirit is there to guide. It's there to, to show you the right path to go on. It's there to lead you. And when that happens, remember how I said last week, it's our responsibility to respond to that leading We want to respond to the Holy Spirit when he leads us, because he is always going to lead us on the path of righteousness, on the path that is right, on the path that is best for us. And when we feel that tugging, it's the Holy Spirit telling us, go here or go there. Do this. Don't do this. Make this decision. Don't make this decision. Hang out with this friend. Don't hang out with this friend like all kinds of things. And you may think, well, they're fine. And you try to analyze with your head and you try to make excuses. But yeah, what's wrong with that? What's, why, why can't I do this? What's the problem? So-and-so is. But you can't ever compare. The Word of God says that we're not to compare ourselves with one another. Why? Because what God has for you may be different or even higher than what He has for someone else. God may be requiring more of you. He may be requiring you to go to a different place, which may call for a different character. He may be requiring you to do something different that he's not asking someone else to do. But in order to do that, there has to be some developing that happens. So the thing is, we have to trust the Holy Spirit that he's going to lead us and guide us in the places that are right for us. Personally, it has to become personal This isn't a group thing. Yes, we are all the body of Christ, but there has to be a personal relationship. There has to be a personal understanding that you have with Christ yourself. We are a family. We are here to encourage, but we're not all going to be doing the same things. So the thing is, we have to hear God. Actually, I should be here. Hear hear God, because you're going to flip more in your spirit, not in your ear. Because we don't hear the audible voice of God the majority of the time. Most of the time, it's the leading of the Spirit. Most of the time, it's the prompting inside that you feel. Like when you feel like you should do this or that, or when, when you're getting ready to do something you know you shouldn't be, and you start feeling that inside, that conviction. No, don't do that. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. That's why it says that the Word, God, the Spirit, the Word, it separates it says it separates the, the intentions of the heart and the things of the mind. Because the things of the mind can lead you astray. But it analyzes and separates. It says joints and marrow. Bone and marrow. Why? Because in marrow, there's life. That's where there's blood. That's where there's cells. That's where there's life in the marrow. The bone, there's not. It's brittle. So it can separate between life and death. So the word of God is what's going to lead you as well. The more you know of the word of God, the more you're going to be able to be led the more you're going to automatically have something in your spirit that tells you what, what you should do and what you shouldn't. There'll be things brought back to your remembrance. Like, and just like the Bible says, it says, I will bring to you the remembrance. The thing is, how are we going to remember if we didn't ever know it in the beginning? So in order for him to bring it to our remembrance, we have to have read it. It has to become part of who we are. And then he'll bring it to our remembrance. When that moment of time comes where we need it, he'll bring it to our remembrance. And then that'll be the word of God speaking to us. Sometimes we overcomplicate this thing. And, we, and, and it becomes like, well, I don't know. I'm waiting on the Lord to speak to me. But the thing is, he might have already been bringing something to your remembrance. And you're like, well, I'm just still waiting. When it, it was already there, it's like the scripture, this thing keeps coming to your mind. That I know, I know that what, what the word of God says, but I'm still waiting for Him to speak to me. I'm waiting for the writing in the sky. I'm waiting for the 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 shaking of of, of my soul. But He brought it to your remembrance. He's leading you in your spirit. So oftentimes you have to be quiet before the Lord. And just allow him to give us the sensing, the leading. Okay, I got to move on. All right, so the word gives us life. And in John six sixty three, he says, the words I speak to you, they are life and they are spirit. They are spirit and they are life. So that word that actually we get in us gives us life. It gives us life. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to read that verse again that we've read a couple times 123. 1 Peter one twenty-three. It says, "For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, talking about the word, the word. Remember when you got saved, it was because the word was preached to you because Jesus, who is the word was preached to you. You heard it. How can they be saved if they do not hear? How can they hear unless someone is sent? So the word has to be preached. And then as you hear it, something comes alive on the inside of you and says, I need to do that. I I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need my sins washed away. I need that in my life. And so you respond to the word. So what saves you is the word actually gets planted on the inside of you. The imperishable, incorruptible word, the word that doesn't die, the word that doesn't decay, and it doesn't rot. The imperishable, it says you've been born again, not a perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. There, see, it just restated it again. The living and enduring word of God. That's how you were born again the seed wh- is actually living on the inside of you now here's what i want you to pay attention to because if the word of god is a seed i wish i had more time this morning because i would take you so much deeper because there's there's some crazy wild uh, things in first corinthians that talks about this seed and and i really would like to go deeper in this but i i don't have time maybe wednesday oh you you're going to preach wednesday okay <laughs> Man, I gotta share the pulpit. <laughs> How much money? <laughs> oh my! So, the word of God is seed. It gets on the inside of us. But the thing that you have to understand is, it just because something gets in you doesn't mean that that it, it's just going to turn into this uh, fruit bearing thing. It has to be nurtured. It has to be cultivated. It has to be loved. It has to be protected. If you turn, turn to Matthew, I'm going to spend the rest of the time just going through the parable of the sower because this talks completely about what I'm saying, about the word of God being imparted on the inside of us. The sower, the farmer that goes out and plants seeds. If you have a seed, because 1 Corinthians 15 talks about how you don't, you don't actually, uh, God doesn't take a full plant and bury it in the ground for a plant to grow. What does he put? A seed. A seed. In that seed is the potential for that plant. It is the potential for mighty things. It's the potential for multiplication because usually from a seed, you, you the plant grows, the fruit comes, and inside just even one fruit is a lot more seed to, to multiply, right? So inside that seed has the mighty, mighty potential for multiplication and for power. It's the same thing. That seed, because God says it's not, it's not just the, you don't take a... a a a huge form of something and plant it, it's always in the form of a seed. And earthly things are given to us so we have the understanding of heavenly things. Because without earthly things, we can also have a hard time understanding heavenly things. So the same idea that he's given us with a seed so that we can actually get the picture of seed, time and harvest, right? Seed, plant the seed, it grows, and then we get fruit. We get a picture of that because we see it actually happen. But the thing is, the same thing happens in the spiritual realm. God gives us earthly things, natural things, to show us what's going to happen in the spiritual realm if we will follow the law, if we will follow the principle of that thing. So the seed that the farmer sows, let's read through this parable, and it's exactly what Jesus was doing. He's saying, let me show you an earthly example, and then I'll explain the spiritual to you. It says, verse... uh, Three. 13, three He says, "Then he told them many things in parables, saying, "A farmer went out to sow his seed." As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell in the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came, The plants were scorched, and they were withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, his disciples said, Jesus, what does this mean? And so he goes and tells them, uh, flip over to verse 18 where Jesus explains to his disciples what this really means, what this parable means. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now let's touch on this. The farmer comes, God comes, the word comes, right? Right? I'm preaching the word right now. This is seed getting scattered. The seed gets sown on various types of soil. He's scattering the seed. The soil is the condition of our heart. So the seed gets scattered. The farmer's scattering seed, but it's falling in various types of soil. The first one is the path. Well, we know on a path, we usually walk, right? We walk on a path, and the path gets hard because so many people walk on that path, and it compacts the ground, and and seed doesn't even penetrate. It doesn't even get into the ground because it's so hardened. And it says the person's heart that hears the word of God but does not understand it, the enemy comes immediately and snatches that seed out of their heart. It doesn't even have time to get in the ground. The birds came, right, and snatched up the seed. They ate the seed. That's what the enemy does. If we don't understand the word, how long does it stick with us? It doesn't. The enemy comes immediately. Boom, it's out. Let me explain it this way. We recently went um, and signed a contract. We were selling off uh, liquidating Brad's mom's property. We went into a lawyer's office where we had him draw up a contract for someone else, where we were in a contract with them for a year for them to secure financing on a lease to own for a year. So we're sitting in this lawyer's office. He's explaining the terms and the conditions. Now, obviously, it's like five pages long, and, and there's all these things here in the, in the documentation, and we're sitting around the table, and, and the couple across the table is going, uh, I have some questions. Because it's all legal talk, right? You read this stuff, and you're like, if you're not a lawyer, you don't understand. You're like, I just read it, and I don't understand a word that was said. Well, that's what was going on. They're sitting there, like, I, we have a few questions, understandably. If you're if you're an oil worker, you're not going to understand law your talk. So they're asking a few questions. Now the thing is, if they would have just said, mm-hmm, okay, you know, we understand. Or us, if we didn't understand certain things, we would have just gone, okay, well we sign it. But we don't know the benefits. So let's say that we were confused about some things, but we never asked. We never found out the truth. But in the contract, it actually said, if they don't pay then we get to go in within 30 days and say, okay, the property's ours again. If we did not understand that, we would not know our benefits. We would not know what the law said. We would not know what we could actually do and what our rights were. The same thing with the word. If we don't understand what the word says, then we will not know our rights. We will not know our benefits, and we will not know what is available to us if i go into a trigonometry class and i sit down without taking any other math course in my life and i'm sitting there do you think i'm going to understand the professor i'm going to and how excited do you think i'm going to be to come out and go let me tell you what i learned in trig today i'm not because i'm going to be sitting there going, i don't know what was even said today they had some numbers even some letters on the board. And I, I just, I did not get it. They moved some things around. And in the end, there was like a letter. And an, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I couldn't explain it to you. It would mean nothing to me. And tomorrow, I probably would remember maybe 3% of what was said. So it's the same thing with the word of God. If we don't understand it, And if we don't grow in our depth, if we don't understand something, the enemy comes immediately and snatches it away. We don't get what we don't understand. With all thy getting, get what? Understanding. That's why meditation is so important. And not not this, empty your head, go, hmm. No, not that meditation. Actually, meditation was God's idea. It wasn't yogas. I know I'm talking like that's a person. Sounds like a it sounds like a, a Star Wars character. Yoga. <laughs> but that meditation is actually from the Word of God. It says to meditate on the word. It said, but meditate actually means to ponder, to think about, to roll around in your mind, to 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 focus on until it builds up on the inside of you, till it becomes part of who you are, and then it actually comes out of you, and then it roars out of you. That's what meditation means. So it's a lot more power. It's not empty your head and think of nothing and, and let the bad energy flow out. That's not meditation. I just gave you the right, the right understanding of what meditation is. And it came and stemmed from God. The enemy always likes to pervert everything. So if we don't understand something, the enemy comes and steals it. Verse 20. Okay, here's the second soil. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. So he understands it. And he receives it. He's like, yes. And then he says, but since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Now, this is rocky soil. Let me touch on this. The rocky soil are hard places in our hearts, or it's places that have not yet been tilled up and softened to receive the word of God. And it says because it hit, if, we've, if you've ever uh, visited Dali sods or in mountains where there's a lot of rock and, and there's not much growing uh, other than what's just between the rock and, and a lot of that looks deserty. But yeah, something can grow but the sun will scorch it very easily because there's a ton of rock and its roots cannot get down. It it will only go so far and then be like, ah, hit rock. And the roots might try to grow around the rock and that's what happens with the word. People hear the word and they receive it with joy. Yes, that was a good word. Yes, that made me feel good, but I've got this place in my heart. I don't really want to give that up. I I don't, that that thing's been there kind of protecting me. That thing's been there and it kind of, it it has this wall to protect me so that I don't always have to be vulnerable or that thing's there because, you know, that pride or whatever it is, I don't, I don't want to give that up. So I keep that rock there. And then when the word of God hits, what happens? And then you're sitting there going, okay, yeah, I like that word, but uh, let me see. Can I, can I grow the roots out around the rock and maybe somehow get under this thing this way so I don't have to remove the rock? But then when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, it says, don't think that the enemy, the enemy the enemy will send persecution. The enemy will send things your way just to try to pull that word out he'll send it quickly because he doesn't want that word to stay because if that word stays and you grow root you're going to get fruit but the thing is the enemy will try to send trouble just because of the word that was sowing in your heart And if we don't remove the rock, that place stays hard. Or if trouble comes because of the word, because we hear the word, and the enemy's like, "Ah, no, 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 I'm going to throw that over there. I'm going to have someone come in their path and and make fun of them for going to church. I'm going to have someone come in their path and kind of call them a name and laugh at them, persecute them. Because persecution here in America is really not persecution in my book. 'Cause we don't understand what goes on in other countries when people's they're seriously tied up and hung over fire and burnt to a crisp because they're a Christian. Or their stomachs are sliced open with their innards coming out, or their babies are taken out of the mother's womb, or they're raped because they're a Christian. So persecution, someone laughing, that's we might think it's persecution, but it, it, it's a very light, light case of it. But if persecution comes, if trouble comes, if something happens that the enemy sends to try to get that word out, because what happens is we immediately start focusing on that trouble, Oh and we'll respond to that trouble, and then the word leaves. It dries up, and it withers, because it has what? No root. It's not deeply rooted. It can't get further down in search of water and nourishment. And so what happens is it ends up withering because during the dry spell, during the trouble, it can't reach water. So that's why we have to determine within ourselves, I am not going back. I am not. I'm, I'm not touching sin. I'm not living any other life other than God's life. I am not. And when you determine that in yourself, even during the dry seasons, even when it gets troubling, even when something happens, you've already determined, I'm pressing through. I'm marching on. I'm not stopping. I'm going deeper with God. I'm not allowing this thing to derail me. So that's the second seed. Receives it with joy, but it's uprooted quickly and it only lasts a short time. We see that happen all the time. People come in and it's like, you know, we were talking about this the other day, how so many times people don't see the hand of God actually working. They connect. We pray a prayer over them because they're dealing with something at the time. We pray for them. We agree with them in prayer. We see a miracle happen. We see something happen in their life. And then, next thing you know, three weeks later, they're nowhere to be found in church and they're not plugging back in. And they never connected the fact that you put yourself in a house of God. Just what I was saying, and there's people around you, you find strength. You get the word of God in you, you're building faith. And then, all of a sudden, boom, God comes through. And then you're like, like oh it feels much more comfortable now you know I'm good I'm okay and I don't feel like going to church anymore I got my I got my comfort met that's why there has to be a determination inside of you that says no matter what no matter what I'm found where God is I'm found in the presence of God. I'm found where I'm going to hear his word. I'm found where where the preaching of the word's going to be, and it's going to build me up. I'm found where I'm going to get rooted. I'm found that that even when trouble comes, my roots are deep. I'm not going to be plucked up. Oh, I thought I went on. Okay. 22. I get so excited about this. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears a word... But the worries of this life, the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Now understand this one, because this one is a little different. You hear the word, and it's like, yes, I agree with the word. Hallelujah. woohoo! I'm going out. I'm operating in faith. And then next thing you know, what happens? The worries of this life. And the deceitfulness of wealth, meaning, do you remember the, the parable that Jesus told where he, he went, where God said, go out and invite everyone to the banquet? And, and so his servant went out, invited everyone to the banquet, come to the banquet, come to my father's banquet. And he goes out and every person he encountered said, oh, I have things to do. Oh, I just got a new business. Oh, I just bought a new donkey and I got to try him out in the fields. Oh, I, I got a marriage to go to. It was like all life stuff. It was all the things that go on in life. Business, marriage, life stuff. And none of them would come to the banquet, which was heaven. They missed heaven. Why? Because they wouldn't set time aside. They wouldn't carry the things of God as the utmost importance. And as a result... They miss it, but the servant went out to those that, that, that thought, well, nobody thinks of me. The ones by the highways and the byways, the ones that were lame and hurting, the ones that didn't have life figured out, the ones that, that were, uh, didn't have it all together. Because I'm telling you, you have to guard against uh, when, the, when the blessing of God comes upon you, that you do not forget where it came from. Because God even warned the Israelites, when you get the houses you didn't build, the vineyards you didn't plant, and you walk into the land of prosperity, do not forget where it came from, that it was my hand that gave that to you, that it wasn't your own. Because if you do, you're going to end up following other gods, and then you're going to become a slave to other nations. And that's what happens. People get, get this, well, I'm content now, life is going good, and so then I forget God. I go out and live life, and the next thing you know, they're in bondage to something, the slave that they allowed in the door. But it doesn't happen overnight. And so that's why they, they deceive themselves into thinking they're okay. Because it's that slow fade. It's the slow, like, oh, four months, five months, six months, a year. But we have to receive the Word of God in our heart. And it says, it says if, if they receive the Word of God, but then it gets choked out by the stressors of life, the things that come at everybody, The financial stresses, no, I have to work on Sunday. The things that pull you out of church, no, I have to do this because you're not trusting. God's going to see that you're keeping his covenant and he's going to bless you. There's testimonies in this church of people that that when they went to the job interview, I mean, all of our team, I'd say most of them that have went, went and asked for jobs, went to interviews, that was the number one thing they said. I'll work hard, I'll do this, I'll do that but the one thing I cannot, come to, I cannot work on Sundays I keep my covenant with God because I know if I walk outside of that right there is what you're looking at I'll dry up and I'll wither and people may think well, I'm just going to do it for six months until I get my feet on the ground if you honor God he's going to honor your house if you honor God, He's gonna honor your house. And do not allow the enemy to come in with stressors and think that, they, that God's gonna say, Well, you know what? I understand your situation's different. Yeah, go ahead. Don't honor me. You know, don't worry about your relationship with me. Go do what you need to do. He said, You've gotta beware of the stressors of life because those are the things that the enemy will try to keep you distracted with. So many people. It says in the, uh, what book is it? Luke. In the book of Luke, it says this, many people will not, will not be um, present with the Lord in the end times because, yes, of drunkenness and, and um, the, the things of life, but then it says the worries of this life. In the end time, they'll miss the rapture. Why? Because of the worries of this life because they allowed themselves to get astray, because of the word. It wasn't because, and they think oftentimes it's because, well, you know, only sin, only sin can, but the thing is, if we do not keep our covenant with God and he remains first in our life, how do you think sin slips in? Just a little gray, a little more gray, a little more gray. How did I get here? So honoring God and he will honor you. He will honor your house. Because it says, if that happens, this is what's interesting too. Even, even if you allow the stressors of this world, but you're, it says, you'll, you'll still be planted, but you will have no fruit. Oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but there's not going to be any fruit coming out of your life. Why? Because there's, there's no faith. I'm hearing the word of God, and, but I'm really stressed about this over here. I'm not applying faith. they'll be planted they didn't just completely die but there's no fruit they were unfruitful and this house is going to be a house of fruit amen say I'm going to be person of fruit and that's the last person and that's who we're going to be amen Verse 23, but the one who received the seed that fell on the good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it, and he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. What, 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 what does that mean? 160, 30 times what was sown. That's the level at what you receive the word. If, for instance, going back to the statement, I will not change the word of God to fit my situation. If you hear the word of God and dilute it, water it down so that it's not as powerful. Well, I don't think God meant really for that. I don't think he really means to heal today. I don't really think he means what, what it said in there for today. Then you're not going to have that level of fruit Because what you don't honor in your heart, you cannot receive in your hand. So you have to believe that's the whole walk of Christianity. It's not just receiving Jesus Christ. That's only the first step. That gets you in the gates. That gets you started. But then there's the faith walk. Then there's the walk of faith, where when he tells you that that this is possible according to the word of God, then you're like, okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start operating in that. I'm going to start digging in that. I'm going to start planting myself and I'm going to see fruit. It's the level at which you receive it. If you receive the fullness of it, you're going to receive the hundredfold. If you apply your faith around that thing and you don't compromise, you're going to see the hundredfold. No compromise. I receive the potency of the word. I receive the power. I'm not going to dilute it. I'm not going to water it down. It's just like if I would go buy uh, poison at the at the store to get rid of weeds. If I take that and I water it down and say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put a couple tablespoons in this jug and then I'm going to put, you know, a whole gallon of water." I'm not talking about concentrate weed killer. I'm talking about it's already ready to go. And and I water it down and I spray it on the weeds and it just it doesn't even touch it because I watered it down, and I didn't keep it at its full potency. I didn't keep it at its full power and its full strength. So when we read the word, when we receive the word, when we hear the word, what the enemy tries to come at us, well, that's really not for today. That really isn't what it means. He's meaning this. Let's just make it sound um, uh, just like tickle the ears. But really, it wasn't, it wasn't really like that. He just meant figuratively. He wasn't speaking for real. Jesus was speaking for real. Say for real. For real. When he said it, he meant it. And all of these things in the Bible, when he said it, he meant it. When he did it, it was for real. It wasn't, it wasn't for pretend. It wasn't just like, okay, you know, we're going to help this guy up and pretend like he's really walking. Okay, that's great. Now you can sit back. Now really, what I was trying to get across to you today, that's not what he was doing. He was healing the sick. He he was raising the dead. He was walking out his faith. When they said, Jesus, Lazarus is dead. He was like, okay. Or Lazarus is sick, sorry. Lazarus is sick. He's like, okay. He wasn't moved by his situation. Why? Because he knew the power that lived on the inside of him. He knew the potency that lived on the inside of him. He did not allow the stressors of this. (gasps) What? Lazarus is sick? Guys, we got to go. Hurry up. Let's go get there before Lazarus dies. He wasn't moved by the stressors. He wasn't moved by the situation. He knew the power that lived in him. In fact, he used it to glorify God. He gets there and everybody's like, oh, Jesus, if you would have only been here three days ago. If you would have only gotten here, my brother wouldn't have died. He said, Father, I thank you that what you're getting ready to do today glorifies your name. And the only reason I'm saying it is for their benefit. The only reason I'm praying this right now is so they can hear. And then he spoke that thing. Lazarus! Come out. What was that? The word. What does that do? That plants something on the inside of you. The word gets planted on the inside of you. Let me close with this. The word that you hear, and it gets, it gets planted in your heart. Understand this. It is specific. What I mean by that is if I stand up here and I preach a sermon about Peter and and when Jesus, they have been out all night and they have been fishing and fishing and fishing and no fish. And Peter was a fisherman. He knew what he was doing. It wasn't like he'd just gone out last night and said, you know what, I'm going to buy my hand at fishing. No, he had been a fisherman. He'd been raised up under a fisherman. He knew how to fish. And he's been throwing nets all night long. Nothing, nada. And then Jesus comes up and says, hey, guys. Throw your net on the other side. And they're like, (laughs) here's this guy. (sighs) All right, we'll do it. And he throws the net on the other side. And what happens? He increases and he pulls in so much fish that they have to call for help. And then he's like, oh, my lands, our boats are sinking because we've got so much fish in the nets. And they pull these fish in. And if I preach a message about that, and then I, and I'm talking about how God wants to increase you because everywhere Jesus went, He didn't deplete funds. He increased funds everywhere. Jesus went, he wanted people to prosper. What was he doing? He was prospering Peter. He was showing him something in the spiritual. He was prospering Peter. Do you think Peter just let all the fish die on the, on the ground? No, it benefited their business. It, it, it raised their income. If I preach a whole sermon around that for 40 minutes, do you think that, that if you're hearing that and you're receiving that and, and you're allowing that to saturate your heart and, and it's getting in good soil, what are you going to get? You're going to get the seed of the faith of increase. You're not getting a seed of healing. Understand? It's specific. So if I'm preaching that you're getting a seed for faith of increase, you're getting a seed in your heart for the faith that God can increase you and, 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 and bring benefit and bring uh, prosperity into your home. And you're like, yeah, I I can, I can get wisdom from God. I can get a word from God and he can increase my business. You're getting a feed, uh, a seed for faith in that area. But I doubt that you're going to go out the doors, unless God specifically speaks to you about something, but I doubt that you're going to go out the doors and get a a seed of faith for your healing. The reason is you're going to get the seed of whatever was preached. So it's specific. So when you hear the word of God around a certain area, that's where you're going to grow in. If you nurture it, if you protect it, if you honor it, if you hold it, if you, if you water it, and then you hear more about that, and you hear more about that, it's going to grow and it's going to grow. This is why it doesn't happen overnight. This is why our, our lives don't just like, okay, I'm a Christian, boom, everything works my way. Because we have to walk this thing out. We grow faith by faith, glory by glory. Can I leave you with one last scripture? Okay, turn to second Corinthians, and then i'll I'll, I'll close up. Second Corinthians three. Hallelujah. Three, sixteen. Uh, does someone have a King James? What Oh you guys are terrible. Nobody asking James in here. I'm joking. <laughs> joking That'll work. What do you got? You got it? Can I read it? Because it's not worded. it's not worded uh, <laughs> It's been a little a, a little bit watered down in some other versions. Um, Yeah, I think it reads the way it should in the New Kingdoms as well. It says, Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Am I reading? Yes, okay the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. But we all, this is the this is the verse here. But we all with open face. That means unveiled faces. That means that means the veil is taken away from our spiritual eyes and we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. When we become Christians, we actually the veil comes off of our eyes and we can begin to understand spiritual things from the word of God. Now Obviously, it doesn't all happen overnight, and we understand everything, but what happens is you can then read, and it's like, things start coming alive to you, and it's like, wow, and and that's what happens a lot of times with new Christians. They start reading, and they're like, I never saw this before. This is awesome, and they just want to digest the word. It says, but we with open face, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from... Um, glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. What is that saying? When we enter into the Word of God and we're allowing it to change, we're looking into the mirror of who He is and we are changed from glory to glory where it says transformed. From glory to glory into what? Into who He is. We become in His likeness if we allow it to change us. If we allow that seed to get on the inside of us and we say, Lord, this is who I am. This is what the Word says I can do. This is what it says i can have and we allow it to change it we go from glory to glory because the word of god is the manifestation of who god is so the word of god changes us it is living it changes us it transforms us and then we shine out a different glory than what we shined out before but we got to be in the word right we got to allow it to change us. And when it falls on the soil of our heart, then we got let it, We got to let it penetrate. And then we got to protect it because we can't let the enemy take it by the deceitful. The enemy doesn't come with horns going, ha, 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 I'm here to take your word. No, he comes in by how the deceitfulness of wealth, the worries of life, persecution, and trouble. And not understanding. My people perish for lack of knowledge because they choose to stay ignorant it is up to us. It is up to us. You hear us say that so often. Quit waiting on God and take the reins and go. Get it figured out. Dig in. Find out what's yours. It's, gotta be, it's got to be in you. You've got to make that motivation happen. You've got to be the one that digs in. You can't just sit there and just wait on God for, to move everything because he's given you the power. He's given you the power to reign. He's given you the power to conquer. He's given you the power to rest on the inside of you with seeds, with seeds. And the more you water those seeds and the more you get those seeds on the inside, the greater you're going to be changed from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Let's stand up.